Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now, let's meet tonight's panel. Coming to the Last Sipping Dogs Live, the world's only game show. We'll be answering some questions and questioning some answers tonight uh, based around a theme, and tonight's theme is the Beatles. Whoa. You ever heard, the Beatles. Ever heard of them? Sorry. No. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, okay, our first points of the show. Oh, Very good. God damn it. Very good. All right, let's uh, get started with the team names. We have team names. Uh, yeah, we do. All right, what's, what's the team name on the left here? Our team name is Sergeant, Sergeant Spencer's, Spencer's Horny, Horny Farts, Farts Club, Club Dad. 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 Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club Dad. Yep. And. Okay, great. Well, that's a very well thought out name. Uh, <laughs> and let's you. meet our individual players starting on the far end. I'm Johnny O'Mara. <laughs> you seemed uncertain. Did you, yeah, did you forget already? Uh, um... No. <laughs> we're like, do I want to add my last name? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, and uh, who is next to Johnny? I am Eleni Sobashow. Hello, Eleni. And finally? I am Mike Migdahl. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> Off to a, a wonderful start. Everyone knew their names. Yes. Ten, uh, five more points. <laughs> Thank you. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you very much. Five more points. <laughs> what? We right, haven't right. even had a chance to do anything yet. <laughs> wow. Uh, negative five points. <laughs> and uh, Spencer, what's your favorite color? Uh, I've always said green, but I think it's probably black at this point. Okay. That's not a color. It, wow. Negative <laughs> <laughs> ten points. Okay. Maybe you can come back from the, uh, the hole you've dug yourself. But, uh, great. And, uh, before we get to that, let's meet our, our team uh, by name. What is our team name over here? We are Here Comes the Fun. Here, here comes, comes the, the fun. fun. Yeah, that was the exact right tune and everything. <laughs> Can't wait to keep hearing that. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, meet our, our players, our individual players, starting with the far end, please. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone's very unsure. Uh, and next to Sammy? I am Kate Cohen. <laughs> okay, wonderful. And finally? Justin. <laughs> that should earn us some points, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> you're, back to, you're back to zero, buddy. All right, finally. I'll take it. Okay. Let's, fair is fair. Let's start with our first question. This question is for Sergeant Spencer's 24th Club, Dad. That's us. <laughs> Decades before such crazes as, you know, how we all had a terrible bowl cut in our fifth grade class photos, the Beatles inspired a whole generation to adopt an even worse hairstyle, the mop top. The Fab Four's goofy bangs became an instant icon of British culture, which makes us wonder about other pilious phenomena from around the world. Uh, which country has the largest population of redheads? Um, this is very worth it. <laughs> What do we think here? Which country has the largest population of redheads? Uh, Russia. Russia, okay. Sure, sure, sure. So can you name several famous Russian redheads? 
Uh, I can't name probably any famous redheads from anywhere. Oh, but what about Red from Orange is the New Black? Yeah, that's a character. Her name, her real name is Kate Mulgrew, and she's not Russian, <laughs> nope. I don't think, in real life. As far but, as I know, she's or a, redhead. a Star Trek captain, so that's completely untrue. Um, is that, is that she true? is? Yes, Kate Mulgrew, absolutely. She's DS9, right? No, Voyager. Everybody leave me alone. <laughs> you, you nerd. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Our team <laughs> is very in love with each other. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we did have a question of clarification for this. Of course. Largest population of redheads. Did you mean like per capita or do you mean like in total? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Russia, I can see where Russian came in. You can't name any famous Russian redheads. You, you didn't really let us get uh, have a chance. We named a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But um, what, a, what about um, Anastasia? Anastasia. Famous <laughs> Russian redhead. And that's based on a real person, but technically is also a character. <laughs> a cartoon character. Cool. How about one, someone who is just totally 100% real? Anton hmm. uh, Shekhov. <laughs> yeah. That was a redhead. Uh, until it turned gray, and then he's, he's dead now. The, the march so. of time comes for us all. Yeah. Something to think about. Have you ever sure. dyed your hair, Mike? Have I ever dyed my hair? Um, no. I, I bought some Joker... Uh, <laughs> Uh, hair dye, some green hair dye. Like spray. Some spray. Oh. Um, and I was going to go into my office dressed as the Joker and not say anything about it. <laughs> was this uh, for Halloween or just a regular day? This was like a week before Halloween. Great. And what year, like what Joker era was this? This was the damaged Joker. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Uh, Jared Leto. The, uh, wait, which one is that? The one, uh, Jared uh, Dread Leto? Yeah. yeah, but to answer your question, no, I didn't do it because it was, like, so cheap and toxic looking, and I was like, you know what, I don't want to take the train looking like this. <laughs> oh, come on. And I don't want to sit. I, it was, like, one of those things that's, like, really funny on paper, but then you smell it. <laughs> and then it's really, really funny. But then that begs the question is, why would you not be comfortable enough in your workplace to just dye your hair at work? Like, oh, like go in the, the office? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it was like a kind of a fun startup-y vibe, but it, I don't think it was, it was, you know, still humans work there. <laughs> okay. Do we think Russia is the, uh, the true answer, or are they telling a lie? That's a big lie. That's a big That's lie. That's a big lie. What, con- lie. what country do we think it is? You got about 200 to choose. Just go ahead and pick one. <laughs> we decided that it is Ireland, Scotland. Uh, sure, sure, yep. sure, sure. Ireland, Scotland. Uh, well, believe it or not, actually, it's us. It's the United oh, States. What? I knew it. USA. USA. That was our other guess. Not so. It, it's just based on it's based on population, like the sheer, like the raw number of redheads. It is the U.S. Darn but if you if you are talking about the highest percentage, uh, it would be Scotland. Oh. How do they know? So points. How do, how do they how, know? How do they know? How do they know that that what? That they have the that we have the most redheads because oh, like their IDs and stuff. The census. Yeah, the, yeah, you have to pick your hair color ah. in the census. <laughs> but is is hair color is it self-reported or does somebody look at you and say, "Yep, that's red." That's right. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. In Ireland, you go to jail if you say like, "Oh, I'm bl- I'm blonde," and then they check and it's like you're dirty blonde. And yeah. And you're just. <laughs> and now you're dirty jail. <laughs> I think that's what the troubles are about. <laughs> All right, that got a weird groan from the audience. All right. Keep it rolling. Here comes the fun. Here comes the fun. <laughs> the Beatles' music might have made them global superstars, but the 1964 movie A Hard Day's Night showed off the group's quirky personalities to the world. 
The film's filled with some surprisingly great performances, from Georgia's lovable antics to Paul's forgettable antics. In a mostly silent scene toward the end of the film, Ringo wanders off to the riverside and breaks our hearts with his sad, forlorn expression. What was the secret to Ringo's acting? Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna get the answer from Here Comes the Fun, but I'm excited to find out later what Johnny's laughing about. But in the meantime, what was the secret to Ringo's acting? Uh, he actually based a lot of it on his deceased pet dog. Okay. Mm. Wow. We, so he would just kind of lie there, and not do anything. No, the he, dead dog? That's pretty disrespectful. No, 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 yeah, Ringo. Man. He based the I, acting I assume, on his dead dog. I assume dog. they mean based on the dog before he was deceased. Oh, you so mean he, he would, was thinking he about would the fetch dog. and run around. Yes, he was thinking about <laughs> yeah. the dog, acting. Uh, and yeah. what was the dog's name? Bingo. Bingo oh. was his name, oh? <laughs> Ringo and Don't Bingo. be, don't, don't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bingo and Ringo. Yeah, I that, see. I there saw the connection. And uh, tell, tell us more about the dog, please. <laughs> I love dogs. What well, breed was it? What, what did it, could it do tricks? Well, it was Ringo's childhood dog. Okay. Uh, which, obviously, yeah. So it was Ringo's childhood dog. It was a Border Collie, um, which is a very smart dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would do several tricks, but mostly it would comfort Ringo when he was having a, a difficult day. Oh. That's oh. why he played the drums, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, Ringo had a lot of anger issues, and his parents got him something to bang out on and say, I see. Did I have a stroke there? Because it didn't sound like a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it made sense. I buy that, yeah. <laughs> I buy it, but I still don't think it's necessarily the true answer. What do you think the true answer is? Well, uh, they use peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, can you explain, as actor to actor... <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Actor to actor, can you explain how they use peanut butter on Ringo to make him look sad? Sort of so like They needed him to go somewhere, they put peanut butter over there. <laughs> and how that elicit emotion? But when they needed him to talk, they would put a bunch of peanut butter in his mouth. Right. They were like, when, hey, say lines. This is how we're going to bribe you. And then they would, they would just do like VO. Someone what? would do VO later. Yeah. So when, Ringo would just they, be like... When they wanted him mad, they took the peanut butter away. <laughs> <laughs> what kind well, of peanut butter was it? Junkie. It was a British... Well, British. it's a little little known fact that they actually don't manufacture peanut butter in the UK. Hard to the find. UK. <laughs> the UK. The UK. Yeah, there's no peanut butter in the UK. Mm-hmm. He got he tasted it for the first time when he was uh, here to play on Ed Sullivan. And then he was addicted. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Completely. So, and he would pay for it to be shipped from other countries. Yeah. He would. He yeah. would. Okay. He even had his own peanut plant. <laughs> oh, and he would just just one peanut plant. Yeah, just. <laughs> Chew on a peanut. Spencer, we think they're lying. <laughs> we're, doing a, we're, we're doubling back on them now. We think they're lying. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think it is? Uh, well, um, it was actually, uh, he was just really hungover. So, <laughs> while audiences oh, yeah. praised his apparent range on a forlorn soul, the truth was that he had spent the previous night heavily drinking. So, it was just a snapshot of a man in need of some Pedialyte. All he had to do was act naturally, am I right? Yeah, wow. just like my favorite kind of peanut butter. Hey! <laughs> All right, Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club, Dad. Here's a, oh boy. Here's a story from one of our writers, Connor Doyle. Oh, oh boy. 
When I was in college, during a party at my apartment, one of my friends snuck into my room with his girlfriend. When they came out a half hour or so later, after clearly having hooked up in my room, someone asked them what they were doing, and they were quiet for a second, and then said, uh, playing Beatles Rock Band? Hell yeah. Beatles Rock Band was a good game where you played virtual instruments to the songs of the Beatles, and it was released with the full participation of the surviving members of the Fab Four. Where did the first public footage of the game Beatles Rock Band air? <laughs> Why don't we do it? All right, Horn Your Farts Club, Dad. What do you think? Where did this first footage get shown? Um, the Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, the Jimmy Fallon. The Jimmy Fallon. The Jimmy Fallon. You, Jimmy how old are Fallon. you? How old are you, Jenny? Oh, you know, old enough to watch the Jimmy Fallon like the kids. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and where do you watch the Jimmy Fallon? Yeah. NBC. It's appointment television. <laughs> can you the can you name some of your favorite NBC shows? Oh gosh, ER. Uh. <laughs> Why is that also the first one I thought of? <laughs> it's the best Starring one. the Noah Wiley. This Is Us? Is that an NBC show? I don't even know. That's a Hulu show. <laughs> it might also be on TV. Dharma and Greg. That was NBC, know. right? Uh, so know. why did they debut this very niche game uh, on Jimmy Fallon? Because that's the kind of shtick that Jimmy Fallon yeah. loves whoa, to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy whoa, on Jimmy easy. there. All right. Uh, Jimmy can handle it. I mean, <laughs> You're just coming in real doing, hot. He's doing okay. I'm pretty sure he's... Well, I don't know yeah. if he's doing okay, Jimmy, but he's very successful. Jimmy Fallon uh, paid the big bucks for this game, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he had longer hair at the time. Sure. Similar okay. to the Beatles' hair. So he wanted to shake his hair around <laughs> while showing the game. And so, well, just out of curiosity, what was the specific segment that it aired on? Uh, on the Jimmy Fallon? yeah. He probably um, had some celebrity, like, you know, stick their hands in a box, and then they pulled out a wet guitar. And okay. <laughs> oh, who, who were the and other celebrities filling out the rest of the Beatles' guitar? JoJo. Uh, JoJo. Siwa or just JoJo? Jo- just, just JoJo. JoJo. Okay. Who won her first Grammy this year. Get out. Finally. Yeah, leave. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Uh, Freddie Adu. Uh, who dated JoJo. Freddie Adu from DC United? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the young soccer player who dated JoJo. Wait, what? Yeah, he, he, isn't that true, audience? Spencer, give him some points for that. <laughs> okay, I'll give him some points. They really need it. Right. One more celebrity. On. One more celebrity. Oh, Rain Wilson. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> now that makes hot, sense. Hot off uh, his starring appearance in The Last Mimsy. What? <laughs> 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 What was the name of this segment? Do we have a name for it? Where they pulled out some guitars from wet boxes? And yeah, it was called bunch of Jimmy's Wet Box Game Time. That's what it was. Yeah, yep. Jimmy's Wet Box oh, Game one, Time. One last question, because he does have the roots yeah. on his show. What were the roots doing? They were crying because they left them out. <laughs> they were yeah. like, Whoa. We can actually yeah. play, they said. Yeah, but no, they just, they just pressed on some buttons and looked at a screen, oh. and that's the future. <laughs> That's sad. Do we think they're telling the truth about Absolutely the future? Or this question? Not. No way. No, no, no. Not even not. a little bit? No. No. What year was that? Uh, 2006. Cool. <laughs> when the Jimmy Fallon was hosting the Tonight Show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he had yeah. late night, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care about Jimmy Fallon anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what do we think the real answer is? Uh, it was at the Electronics Entertainment Expo, also known as E3. E3. That's a very smart answer, which you must know is wrong, because it's a good answer. <laughs> uh, oh. No, it was actually during Paul McCartney's what? set at Coachella. What? In 2009. Yeah, that's right. He used footage of the game during most of his 2009 concerts, and a pretty baller move reminding everybody that not only did they pay to see him, his life is a video game. Wow. wow. Take that. So, like, Hologram he goes in a Tupac. concert, and he's playing a rock band. I, I hope he wasn't playing rock band. I'm going to check this one out. But still, still in California, so do we get some points for yeah. that? Is E3 in California? Yeah. Is Coachella in California? Yeah. Yes. Well, I have to admit that you probably know what you're talking about. Yeah. Spencer, did you know that Mario debuted Super Mario at his own concert? <laughs> <laughs> he was singing all the hits, and he's like, check this out. Wham. No, Mushroom I didn't know Kingdom. That. That's really cool. Do, do, do. <laughs> Me Mario. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yep. One of his great songs. <laughs> all right, here comes the fun. Here, Here comes, comes the, the fun. God. Okay, Strawberry Fields Forever is an iconic Beatles song. It's one of their first forays into psychedelic music. It's also the name of a section of Central Park dedicated to John Lennon's memory, and it's also the name of an area in Atlantic County, New Jersey. Uh, what is the, excuse me, what is Strawberry Field in New Jersey? What is its use? Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry What is Strawberry Field uh, located uh, in New Jersey? A, a little gruesome, but it is a body farm as used by the FBI and other police uh, department agencies where they use decomposition, uh, decomposition, there it is. You got it. Uh, and body rot to determine how long a body has been around, and they can use that science to help at crime scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is it, just, is it just kind of like an open field where they'll like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it's that it's an open field, but there's also it's very complex. So there's open fields. There'll be you know like like shallow graves. Um, there'll be you know water, ice, pretty much every sort of like natural element in which a body could decompose. All the New Jersey climate. How the yep. fuck do you guys know this? <laughs> <laughs> you ever been in New Jersey? Yeah, I, the whole uh, thing is a body farm. I was also born in New Jersey, so so was is, I. I. Definitely know this. My, Where? My question I'm, is. I'm not gonna say it here. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> I'll tell you later. Because <laughs> then we'll know the password for your computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then at least tell us your social. <laughs> yeah, come on. Be a team just player. the last four, just the last four. <laughs> My question is, why do they call this body farm Strawberry Field? Uh, it is actually one of the highest concentrations of wild strawberries that occur in the area. And the person that um, bequeathed the land to them was a huge John Lennon fan. Whoa. Are they selling these strawberries? No. no. Absolutely no, no, no. not. It's like the little tiny ones that your parents are like, don't eat those. I do. Oh, okay. Okay. Where do they get the dead people from? Oh, they, they donate their bodies. <laughs> yeah, they donate their bodies. There's lines, lines as long as you can imagine for people to donate their bodies. I don't know. I can imagine quite a lot. <laughs> Do we think they're telling the truth? Well, we just, we know that the actual thing is a horse and dog racing field. 
Oh, is that right? You know the actual thing is a horse yeah. and harness. Because yeah. our, our dad works there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we all have the same dad. Yeah. We do. We found that out earlier. It's wow. incredible. It's really actually a beautiful and sad story. Yeah. You want to go? We have time. We have time. Yeah. We can go into detail. So once upon a time, our dad met each of our moms independently and oh. romance it's, them. It's a reverse mama me. Yeah, I was going to say. It's a reverse mama me. <laughs> It's exactly that, and our lives were musicals. Uh, once we were born, though, the music stopped. Oh, that's, oh. that's the day the music died, as John Lennon said. Uh, <laughs> so, Too soon. we get I see. Which five one of you points? is Richie Valens, which is Big Bopper, and which is Buddy Holly? Yeah, they're all our dads. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, so, <laughs> I thought you were talking about us. I was. No, the answer is it's a uh, privately used airport. Oh, that's for right. horses and dogs. For horses and, and dogs. And dead yeah. bodies. That's right. The dead bodies of horses and dogs fly these spooky <laughs> once a year on Halloween's Eve. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's a question about everyone's favorite beetle, Herbie. <laughs> the star of 1968's The Love Bug, a movie about a has-been race car driver who finds romance with the help of a magical Volkswagen Type 1, a.k.a. the VW Beetle. That's, that's a real plot synopsis. There's a whole mm-hmm. series, my friend. There certainly is, yeah. And uh, culminating in Lindsay Lohan's... There uh, it is. Uh, fully Loaded, I believe yep. is the name of this one. Uh, anyway, um, it was originally pitched as a serious drama, <laughs> somehow, but Walt Disney, in literally his last filmmaking decision, suggested using a script outline called Car Boy Girl. Hmm. You know, the classic. The three genders. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but even after it was in production, uh, the movie uh, still couldn't settle on a name. Uh, it was marketed with working titles including The Magic Volksy, Thunderbug, Beetle Bomb, and Bug Boom. Before, bug Boom. Bug I'm boom. Bug Boom. Tag yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now, before production even began, there were arguments over what kind of car it should be. Uh, how, this is for uh, Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club dad, don't, don't get mistaken. How did Disney decide on an old VW Beetle as their star for the love bug? What do we what do we think? How did they decide on an, an old VW bug? Uh, uh, they, that's just what the car was like on the you know someone who was working on the movie just happened to have one and they were like oh that sure so so this multimillionaire which in today's dollars for inflation was a billionaire sure was just like eh who's got a car we can use for a movie car girl boy movie this is an impression of. Harvey Farstein. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's true. exactly what they said. They were like, oh, this car is small and it's here. So let's use it. It's cheaper. So wait, you don't think that Disney was like really thoughtful about the car that they would want for boy-girl car? This you, was... would, you would think so because Disney typically is very precise in all of their actions, but that's that's part of the magic of this one. This was before we kind of, as a as a, a culture, knew how to make movies. You know, like we, it's like a science now, and it's like, well, this is movie's gonna make a billion dollars, like, on accident. Didn't but, this movie yeah. come out after two thousand one by Kubrick? No, that, that came out in two thousand one. I think that was a movie that came out. That's why it's called that. And we and who? Uh, Which who, it's a miracle that nineteen seventeen uh, came out a uh, hundred years ago. It's really a, yeah. It's cool that they finally opened the vault and let us watch that one. Um, and remind me, who was the CEO of Disney at that time? D- Disney. Walt Dis. Yeah, that's true. Me. 
Walt Dis. Cool. So uh, this is a question for right. all of you. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll what allow was it. your first car that you owned? Oh, oh I mean, are you? Are you I got like... a hand-me-down Mitsubishi Eclipse Ooh. from my sister. It was black, and she had, she had got it. My parents bought it for her. And then she totaled it four days later. <gasps> and she drove it for several years after that. And then I ended up getting it as a hand-me-down. And she had this radio thing that would, like, sort of fold down. And, like, mm. you would pull it off and yeah. stick it in a case and put it in the glove box. And she's Ooh. like, always do that. This radio is really cool. And I was like, okay, I'll always do that. And I did because I didn't want somebody to, like, steal my radio. <laughs> That used to be a thing for some reason. Yeah, because yeah. like you could literally yeah. just take the just radio take off, yeah. and it had like these penguin like LED lights, Ooh. and they were like penguins going through rings and stuff <laughs> as you were driving. And I'm like, why do you need this? <laughs> you know, sometimes the road gets boring. I, go, yeah. I guess I need to watch penguins driving through loops. Johnny, I did love that car. Well, John used to go last. Unfortunately, I, th- I think I should go last. Okay, I I've never owned a car. Ooh, uh, rarely mm. drive. Um, more of a foot uh, walking type guy. <laughs> which foot, which, foot walking. which pedal is your favorite in a car then? The My gas or the pedal? brake? Uh, pedaling for a ride, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Begging to get taken somewhere by my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny, of course, you're. Yeah, I, I had a 1978 Volkswagen bus. <laughs> uh, with a, no, no, with a pop up top. So oh, it, was oh, like, oh. it was like a camper. Um, it was pretty sick, and the only reason I had friends in high school. Oh. <laughs> and and, and uh, who currently owns this car? Or who? Oh, a bunch of raccoons in my wife's parents' backyard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you're going to get it fixed up one of these days, right? It's the only thing I want in life. It's the only thing keeping you alive, I believe. Um, sort of like Vader's hatred. It's the only thing keeping you alive. Johnny, you could totally like pivot into a van life Instagram lifestyle account. I, yeah. Oh, Dude, I was going to say you could make it into like a little shed in the back, like... Well, that's essentially what it is right now. And, like, now. have, like, plants hanging out the windows. Yeah, that's, that's what it is? I mean, so nature magical. has taken it back. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love uh, it. I think my old trombone from high school is back there, too. So I hope, I hope some baby raccoon is learning how to be in a marching band. <laughs> Spencer, There's we no think way. they're telling the truth. You think they're telling the truth. Disney or whoever the production says and just kind of point out, uh, uh, you... <laughs> yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. We agree. Uh, so actually, they held what? auditions. They held car auditions. Yeah. Kidding. They sent out a casting call, and dozens of cars were brought into the studio, including some Toyotas, Volvos, a few British sports cars. Um, mm. But the VW Beetle was chosen because while it was being auditioned, it was the only car that inspired people passing it to pet it. Because it, it's wow. so round. It's so round. Did it, it do like a little a, car monologue? Yeah, it, I think mm-hmm. it did. Uh, Be- <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So wait, wait, wait. Now do, now do your classical Yeah, I was going to say, let's hear the, uh, the monologue. The, the, the classic. That was clearly the contemporary. Oh, What's yeah. the classical? <laughs> B. Oh, that car's got range. Perfect. Yeah. The crazy thing about my car. <laughs> I'm rem- so the, the horn didn't work naturally, neither did the um, gas steering gauge. Wheel. The steering wheel worked. But the way that the, the, um, uh, the wiper fluid, the way you would make the wiper fluid come out is there was a, um, you know, like a, a bike pump, the, the, the valve for a bike pump. There was one of those inside the car, and you would have to, like, pump it up to build, like, air pressure. And then you would, like, press the, the lever to make it shoot out. But then once you ran out of, like, air, you just couldn't get wiper fluid until you stopped and, like, used a bike pump to, to pump up. So the... it was a super soaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. That is so that, wild. That's insane. I've never heard of something, something yeah. like that. All right, here comes the fun. Here, here comes, comes the fun. fun. Boy, it was really Man, funny. Man, we're the nailing first time, it every note there. 
The Beatles' 1965 album Rubber Soul was really good, and so good, in fact, that it inspired Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys to follow it up with something even better, their 1966 masterpiece Pet Sounds. Now, if they were going to surpass the Beatles, Wilson's, go- uh, Wilson's gang would have to employ some crazy methods during their recording. They used sounds such as bicycle horns, cake, uh, excuse me, Coke cans, uh, cake cans. Cake cans. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, and even water jugs to create the sounds throughout the album. But nothing matched the dreamy tones at the beginning of You Still Believe in Me. What was the unusual musical choice employed in the beginning of You Still Believe in Me? What do we think here? What was the unusual musical choice they used for this song? Um, they used a beehive okay. full of bees. So As opposed just... to wind chimes or, or an empty yeah. beehive. <laughs> it was a live, hot beehive. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. They worked with a local apiary. Oh. What? Is that because they were the beach boys? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo that man! I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> It was nice. <laughs> so, were they like, were they trained to deal with these bees, or did? The oh, person... absolutely not. They had no. to leave the studio entirely during that recording session. Uh, uh, one of them was allergic, right, to the bees? Yes. So Ryan they brought, Wilson. They, they brought the this live beehive into the recording studio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they brought it in, mm-hmm. uh, of course, under the very close supervision of the beekeepers. Mm-hmm. And they and made sure that like all the bees were out of the studio. Funny story. Oh. All the bees were not out. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And? There and were two left. And that's how this beginning uh, of Good Vibration started, because they're like, woo. And it was because there were still bees in the studio. That's a ma- really magical moment of mm-hmm. like harmonizing even yeah. in chaos. A yes. true musical miracle. Yeah, I'd say. Do you think I'm telling the truth? Was it a, a, a beehive? No, act no. Of, no way. No, that's crazy. What, it's not. What's, I, the answer is it's like a washer board thing. Yeah, an old, an old tiny, tiny washer board. Sh- like from a I'm sorry, what? You know, the thing that you wash your clothes on. It's like a board. When when people are like, I have washboard abs, it's like they're referring to the antiquated... uh, (laughs) Ah, yes, Vin Diesel. Sure, like from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas Parade. (laughs) Mike, do you have washboard abs? Uh, wow. For he doesn't the, want to for, for everyone listening on the podcast, Mike just showed us his washboard abs. And <laughs> Spectacular. Very good. He's flexing over there. He's, He's flexing. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> wow, he just flexed his arm. He's got more abs on his arm. That's amazing. Guys. Uh, no, actually, they just reached inside a piano and plucked the strings by hand. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Given the name of the album, you know, Pet Sounds, you think they might have just, you know, had a duck play a saxophone or something, but... Right. Nope, they're cowards. Spencer, what if I told you the bees plucked those strings? <laughs> By hand. I would... Um, With their little bee hands. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> that is cute. That's pretty cute. Nope, they didn't do that, though. <laughs> now, the Beatles famously wrote... This is a... Sorry, a question for Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club down. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, the Beatles famously wrote and performed the song When I'm 64. <laughs> this is another, another question written by Connor. But the only thing I care about being 64 is my Nintendo, baby! <laughs> yes, sir! <laughs> the Nintendo 64 was released in 1996, and by a show of hands in the audience... How many of us shit our pants when we got it for Christmas? I waited two years to get an Nintendo oh, for real? 64. My mom was... Vi- 
I apologize to my mom for telling this story, but I remember asking for one for Christmas, and she got me a Sega Genesis. Oh. And I remember asking my mom, how do you confuse the two? And then she said, go to your room, because she won that <laughs> argument. She said, they're both Nintendos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's, here's Connor again. I played the Nintendo 64 metric assload as a kid, and then even more in college when my friends and I tried to find a way to incorporate drinking into all of the games of our youths. You've never felt true agony until you've had to take three shots because someone's picture of surfing Pikachu got a higher score than, your, than yours in Pokemon Snap. <laughs> the N64 was a huge success for Nintendo, but it wasn't without its difficulties. After a lawsuit from the New York Attorney General, what was Nintendo forced to include with copies of Mario Party for the N64? When I get older, losing my hair, many years from now, will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. If I've been out till quarter to three, would you... All right, what do we think? Why, uh, or what was Nintendo forced to include with Mario Party? What? I just, what? I asked the question. Oh, uh, coins. Coins. Yeah. Why were they uh, forced to include coins? Can you explain the logic of the legal ruling? Yeah, so the, I mean, uh, you're, throughout the game, you're like kind of wagering coins and, and trying to amass more coins, but uh, technically, according to New York State, right? Is that where it was? Yes, it is. Uh, it, it, that was like considered gambling. So if they included coin, real coins, then you, it was like a loophole. So you weren't like legally gambling anymore because you always had the coins. Are we talking quarters, nickels, dimes? They were Mario coins. Yeah, they were commemorative coins from his days as a musician. <laughs> but they're going to be worth a lot someday. Yeah. Nice. So Mario has his own currency? Yeah. yeah. Mario yeah. bucks. Oh, no. that's an what's, interesting what's, name for a coin. Yeah, what's the exchange rate with the U.S. dollar? Well, it fluctuates <laughs> over yeah, come time. On. Well, obviously. So, mm. The right. Mushroom Kingdom has a volatile economy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would like to know, what is your best, uh, of the Mario Party series, your best Mario Party game? The one that you've got on lockdown if it comes up when you're playing it. Oh, well, I want to answer that, and I also want to say something else about the N64. Let's if, do that instead. It, okay. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I'm going to say I'm very good at all that Mario Party games. Thank you so much. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is that the N64, my best memory is listening to Mandy Moore's first album <gasps> while playing Bomberman. Ooh. And I will forever associate the two of those things together where I'm like, I'm missing you. And I'm like dropping bombs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in the desert. Bomb. My little bomb baby. Uh, it's great times. A little bomb baby. Yeah. So I'm curious as someone who's never played it um, or owned an N64. Wait, I know, what? I'm sorry. But I legitimately want to know what should I bring to a Mario party? Like, Chips. Just bring a or, bring an attitude that is okay to with losing. <laughs> wow. Right. Because you're gonna lose. Well, I mean, I just don't like being showed up someplace empty-handed. And maybe like it's a six, rude. six pack of some like a West Coast IPA. <laughs> some Mar- some See, Mario likes. Thank you. That's that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think the telling the truth was it Mar- uh, Mario commemorative coins? Um, no. 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 All right. What, what was it? Uh, they actually had to have a seizure warning 
A seizure warning. Okay, yes. interesting. That's a good answer. That is a pretty good answer. Uh, Some would say too good. You're right. It is too good because it's wrong. Uh, but but you, are, you are on the right track, though. It was a safety thing. Uh, it was protective gloves. That's what I'm So I'm sure... Is it for the rumble pack? Like well, so I'm sure power gloves? If some of us stare at our palms, I'm sure we can still see the literal holes that pedal power left from when we were when spun the control sticks hard. Do you remember? Like, oh, you know, yeah, you were yeah. like making the hand motion. Yeah, the, the whole because you were like, I can't do this. There that were four. Fast. There were four mini games that required you to rotate the thumbstick, and the fastest way you could do it was with using your your palm. Yeah, and you just sort of turned into Michael. What are you doing in there? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, mom, what the hell? <laughs> Getting the hell? abs. I'm getting abs. I'm getting, getting abs, mom. <laughs> getting abs. Getting them washboards. <laughs> All right, here comes the fun. Here comes the fun. Well, you guys are really committing to it. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is the eighth studio album by the Beatles. Now, many consider it to be the first concept album, but did you know that Sgt. Pepper had a brother? That's right, Dr. Pepper was first served in 1885. Is this Connor? Uh, it's Rob. I think this is Rob. <laughs> Dr. Pepper was first served in 1885 and has been wedding whistles ever since with its 23 flavors. But in the 1930s, a rumor was going around that Dr. Pepper contained a very distinct flavor. In the 30s, what was the rumored flavor contained in Dr. Pepper? You came up with an answer pretty quickly on this one. What was the, the rumored flavor? Uh, the rumored flavor was prune juice. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, prune, uh, prune juice. <laughs> Are you stalling for time? <laughs> yeah, I have a question about prune juice. I've okay. never really thought about it much. But now that I am thinking about it, prunes are uh, dry things. Plum. Dried plums. Mm-hmm. Dried Where plums. does elderly plums? the juice come from from... From a prune. A prune. Well, if a, prune. a plum is already When a mommy been. prune and a daddy prune love each other very much. <laughs> oh. is, the, is, the, is prune juice the, the plum juice that is removed to create a prune? It's a question about prunes. It's, it's, it's not totally desiccated. It's a good still gels, there's still pulp inside a mm-hmm. prune. It's just squeezed and concentrated. How oh, come we don't have a, raisin juice? Right. Well, or, or almond milk. It's a milk. different stage. Like, how, you know, you're, you're milking an almond. Almond juice. So are they, are they taking prunes and then soaking them in water and then wringing that water out? Rehydrating into, them yeah. and filtering them through the pruning that would just, membrane? That would just be a reconstituted prune, which is great in a tort. Okay, guys, we're we're getting we're getting in the okay. in the pits here. But oh. boo, uh, boo but, that but, man! Wait, I no, I didn't like that one that much. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> but so this is like a rumor. Why why was it rumored? I feel like it was a controversial that it was prunes. It, it, it made you go to the bathroom. Because it made you regular. Yeah. The last thing you want to do as a soda company is reveal that you're giving prunes because soda's hip. Yeah, and in the 1930s, prune juice was most commonly used in hospitals to as as a, a cheap, easily accessible laxative. So people didn't want the they don't like the idea of things that they would get in the hospital if they can't poop, especially when you're called doctor in their mm-hmm. soda. But right, exactly. Like if I told you Sprite had prune juice in it, would you still drink Sprite? Depends. No. It's, it's a situational okay? thing. I would need depends. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you said that uh, that. 
sodas were hip, but I don't think that was the lingo in the 30s. Could you give us examples of actual 30s lingo? Hot dog. <laughs> See, this, this soda's mighty hot dog. <laughs> this soda tastes hot dog. We're all hungry. <laughs> there, there's a massive uh, depression happening, and the, and the plants won't grow because of uh, man-made climate change in 19. Hot dog, we won the war. <laughs> It's a which, common expression. Which war was that in the 30s they won? Uh, the War of 1933. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. It was a short war. Mm-hmm. It was a short war. Uh, are they telling the truth? Was it prune juice? No, it was uh, It was piss. piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sir, good old-fashioned American piss. Yeah. USA. 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 Uh, no, actually, it was prune juice. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Very good. So you really knew that. Hey, I, I had a friend who said that the Olsen twins, whenever they're taking a picture, the way they make their mouths do like that is they just say prunes. Wow. And if you start doing that, you will get a perfect oh kiss face. Promise prunes. you. Just do it. Oh. Just yeah. do it right now. <laughs> and everyone here is showing abs on their face. Yeah. To be wow. fair, all Dr. Pepper is piss beforehand. It's right. just pre-piss. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Prune piss. That's it's piss, then they add prune juice into it, and they shake it up so it's bubbly. Okay, that's okay. That's it. We learned a lot today. Mm. Now, here's the uh, the last question for Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club, Dad. Oh. Here uh, come, oh, shoot. The Beatles did most of their recordings at the iconic Abbey Road Studios in the city of Westminster in London, and their 1969 nice, nice uh. album <laughs> made the studio a household name around the world. The street name comes from the small path leading to the old Kilburn Abbey, which no longer exists. But it wasn't what the studio was always called. It started off as Gramophone Studios and later EMI Recording Studios. What prompted EMI to take its name off the building and rename it to the more generic Abbey Road Studios? What do we think? Why did they change the name of the st- recording studio? It was because people kept showing up terribly injured because it was emergency. They thought it was emergency medical equipment. 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 Emergency medical equipment, darling. Please, do you have any? I need a Band-Aid. Uh, Mike, I'm going to be a little <laughs> unfair here on you because I'm going to call on your history to answer this question. You are a former prom king, and there is a code prom kings have to hold to always tell the truth. Uh, I technically, I was only uh, prom court. I was not the prom, prom king. That was Bonnie Baji, who later played for the uh, Oakland Raiders practice squad. Ooh. <laughs> so thousand really That is true, and I'm not even the prom king. Can what? you, as, as somebody who went to literally two high school dances the entire time I was there, can you explain the difference between prom king and prom court? It sounds mm-hmm. like the same thing to me. So prom king is the person who, uh, at least in our school... Uh, Quince Orchard High School. Shout out to Gaithersburg, Maryland, 301 area code. Uh, uh, They they were the one who got the most votes, and then the court were just other assorted uh, kind of... Vassals. Yeah, vassals. We we would receive a small fief from the prom king, which would be part of the school, and then we would... Uh, have a, a, a serfs that we would tax, and then we would stand first at the, at the feast. 
Yeah, so. and eat the eat the bread and eat the chicken and the exotic spices such as saffron. <laughs> sure. Great. Wow. Cool. I mean, that was a real question, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, to answer your question truthfully, it's the, the, the people who got the most votes, and then other assorted people who got a lot of votes were. So the most popular. What was people. the percentage of the vote you got? I don't know. I. You, Do you think you, you could you find out? Do you think they have records? Yeah, go back and find out. To Maryland, everyone. <laughs> oh, My, Mike. So. So you said you didn't drive a car, have a car. How'd you get to prom your senior year if you were on prom court? Um, I'm pretty sure either my mom drove me or uh, my family was like, uh, all right, I guess <laughs> all the other kids in this, in this prom party really want to do like a limo, uh, yeah. then we'll do this too, begrudgingly. Did you do a limo? I don't remember. I think maybe my senior year of prom, I didn't go. I just went to the after parties. But you were on Smart. prom court? That's so cool. Uh, I, That's how court does it, man. Yeah, I I don't want to get into like the super nitty gritty details of of my high school uh, prom life, and no, I'm we're, going to now in. stop talking. I can. <laughs> but we have more questions still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at my abs again. Ooh. I'm blinded. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Was it because EMI stands for emergency medical equipment? No, no. equipment. Absolutely not. No. What do you think? They, why did they change the name then? We think that enough people couldn't find it. <laughs> so they were like, well, Abbey Road. Studios. I'm going to give that to you, kind of. That's not really right, but no, it was bullshit. changed because of Abbey Road, the album. So oh. when the Beatles released their 1969 nice. 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 album, yeah, the Zebra Crossing became a huge tourist destination, and huh? bands and industry insiders just started referring to it as, you know, the Abbey Road studio. So oh, they decided oh. not to fight it and just rename huh. it. Nice. Yeah. Did they charge like people just to go in? To go in, I don't know if you can just go in or not. I'm not mm. sure. Do you know, Johnny? Missed opportunity. I, I, I don't believe you can. Yeah, you, you can visit across the street from it, though. Did I you say abs, Abbey Road? Abzy Road? Like, Abbey Road. The last word, Abzy Road. Ab B, like the B's from the other joke what? answer. Uh, it's all this is together. just too wild. <laughs> I have a real question. Surprising. What's an Abbey? Because I know of like Downton I know of Abbey. Downton Abbey. It's, I know of Westminster Abbey. It's a building. It's where monks live. It's like what's the difference between an abbey and a monastery? Uh, abbeys they brew they brew stuff there. But why is, is it called abbey? Downton Abbey? Yeah, I don't think it's because just that. Is I think it? it's because like the rich people probably took it over from the monks. Because, I think that sounds right. But the abbey is in the sound of music. They uh, Maria and the other nuns uh, and nuns in training don't they live in an abbey? Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I think an abbey is just a square building. <laughs> Mike, you sound like you play a lot of D and D. I like fantasy genre novels. <laughs> <laughs> you can friend me on Goodreads. Quick, show us your abs again. <laughs> Mike and I used to be in a D and D campaign together. We were, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the final question. Here comes the fun. Here comes the fun. Nice. Okay. No, no special. <laughs> Big, nope, no, okay. no. All right. Well, so in, 19, we in 1963, the Beatles signed a three-picture deal with United Artists and made two of those films, A Hard Day's Night and Help. The third film was scrapped after the band's breakup and were only left with what could have been, a psychedelic musical take of an existing property directed by Stanley Kubrick starring the Beatles. They'd even completed casting for their version of the movie. What was the property that the Beatles were going to base their final movie on and what characters were they slated to play? That's wild. 
right, what do you think? What famous property were the Beatles going to reinvent for their final movie, and what were they going to play? Uh, you might know a famous movie uh, that was supposed to be directed by Yodorowsky, known as Dune, and had all of the famous sci-fi visionaries at the time. This was before that, and it was Kubrick, and the Beatles were going to play various characters from the Dune novels, like Paul Atreides. Who was going to be Paul? Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be Baron Harkonnen? Harkonnen. <laughs> uh, the drummer. Harkonnen the plumber, of course. <laughs> no, the drummer. Or was oh, it the plumber? The plumber. You can be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, did you say the drummer? Just ask Mario. Uh, He's a drummer and a plumber. <laughs> yeah. It was a, definitely a sci-fi experience for him because it was like uh, exotic sci-fi at the time in the 60s because it's based on like, you know, Bedouins and Saudi Arabia, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, if that third movie would have happened, we would have never had Spice World. So I think we're all the better for it. I'm so happy you brought <laughs> you up Spice World. Wait, because... Dune and Spice World? That's... Man, I that's really fun. I've never thought of that before. Spice World. Oh, it's such a there. good movie. Yeah. It's, it's such, such a good, movie. bad movie. It's a great, bad movie. Oh, it really man. is. Me when the guy this. comes out of the toilet, and he's like the bad like paparazzi photographer guy, and he just arrives. My favorite part is 30 minutes in when they realize they have no other script, so they're like aliens. <laughs> yes, and then the alien grabs Scary Spice boob, and she's like, hey, no, Ginger Spice. I think he grabs both of their boobs. <laughs> yeah, he was a real person. The, uh, the Spice, Spice World is the name of the planet uh, where they harvest the spice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Arrakis. Uh-huh. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Spice World must flow. Oh, God. <laughs> so, this is a funny story. We had a, uh, the same answer as you. <gasps> oh, okay. That's that is funny. Um, it's so funny. So, we've established that Paul was going to play Paul Atreides, Ringo's going to be Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> Um, who were George and uh, John going to be? Uh, one was going to be Duncan Idaho, the Gola. Oh, very good, very good. Played by Patrick Stewart in the David Lynch film. Look it up. He looks the same exact as he does in the 80s. That man does not age. No, he does. Yeah, he does not. Uh, and who's left from the Beatles? Well, who plays Duncan? Is it John or is it George? George. Okay, sure. <laughs> I thought one of them was going to play like one of the big worms. Sure. <laughs> I, I think I think John is very well equipped to play a big worm. Oh, what? As long as he's hungover. Yeah. Uh, no, so it was actually Lord of the Rings. Oh! oh. Whoa! Wow! So, Sci-fi okay. fantasy. So Paul, Paul McCartney was going to play Frodo. What? Ringo Starr Oof. would be Samwise Gamgee. Mm-hmm. Wow. George Harrison, of course, would be Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And John Lennon, Gollum. <laughs> are you are you what? kidding? I'm not kidding. Right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And That's if that movie would have happened, casting I would have done it all. Uh, well, how would you have cast them? Um, Ringo would have been Gandalf, I think. I don't think I would have had because Gandalf is like not the best wizard, but he's okay. Well, also he's Everyone... got he's just got a beard naturally. <laughs> <laughs> let him let him be yeah, the my hobbit. reasons about his beard. I feel like it makes sense for them to be the hobbits because what is Liverpool but the the Shire, but more like economically depressed in the 60s? Sure. And it's fantasy. And then you would have like other rival bands play. It's cameo. It's riddled with cameos. Oh, yeah, the Rolling Did, Stones would be orcs. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. And the Spice Girls would be... Um, <laughs> Elf. The uh, Death Elf. Eaters. Yeah. The oh, those are Harry Potter. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. They'd be Death Eaters. Uh, yeah, well, I we, stand by it. We've, uh, we've reached in the show, and it's a very close game. Um, here comes the fun. is going to leave our show with 50 points. Nice. Ooh. And Sergeant, Spen- Sergeant Spencer's Horny Farts Club Dad is going to leave with 55 points. Yes. Yes. Oh. 
So congratulations to both teams for a very well played game. Uh, I want to thank everyone in the audience here and everyone at home. I want to thank DJ Rip in the booth. And uh, yeah, have a good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Wednesday at 7.30, right here in Chicago at the world-famous I.O. Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to ioimprov.com and use the code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week, Kate Cohen performs with Comedy Sports Chicago. Justin Swinson hosts the Not That Late Show, which you can catch on the fourth Thursday of every month at 8 p.m. at the Newport Theater in Lakeview. Their next show is February 27th. Eleni Sovajo and Mike Migdal can be seen streaming online at twitch.tv slash itsmikeelenytime. They can also be heard on the Neo Scum podcast. For more info, go to neoscum.com. Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the podcast Dilettante Ball, which can also be found right here on Arcade Audio. And as always, Sammy Tamimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.